Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Explominate Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and today I'm joined by a special guest, Glenn Pauly, the lead developer, the only developer, really, of Star Dynasties. Welcome, Glenn. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me on. I'm really happy to have you on. I... Your game basically came to my attention very recently, and I, th- I think it's pretty clear based on my video that I immediately fell in love with it. So I really wanted to get you on and talk to you about what Star Dynasties is, how long you've been developing it, and what's kind of in the future for it. But really, I want to know more about you. So Glenn, tell me a little bit about how you got into game development and where you come from. Well, I've been uh, a gamer all my life, really. So... Um... I've always wanted to be a game developer as well. It's been a childhood uh, dream, I guess. Um, I've always been into strategy games, empire management mostly, forex games. So all my game ideas have always been in that direction. But I, I'd never really had the opportunity before. I came from a country where there wasn't any uh, games industry really. So I spent, uh, you know, the better part of two decades working in uh, enterprise software engineering. And then a few years ago, I decided that I put some savings aside and I wanted to pursue this project of building Star Dynasties. And here I am today. I love it. I knew it was going to happen, but I, the American way of saying dynasties versus the English dynasties, I knew, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure which one's right, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and speaking of that, I, Star Dynasties for me, I, it came, like I said, it kind of came out of nowhere. I'd, it, I don't even remember how I, I stumbled upon it, but when I started to look at it, I was like, wow, this game this game looks awesome. And thankfully, you were just kind enough to provide me with a key and allow me to play some. And I'm just, I'm wowed by it. I can't believe this is a solo project because there is so much to it. And I feel like even every time I go back to it, there's more that I'm finding out. So tell me, I mean, what is your workflow like? How how did you get to where you are now? Um, and what are you expecting? Like, what, what does your day look like when you go out to, to program? Well, first of all, Rob, it's really nice to, to hear you say that. And uh, watching you play the game in that video was really helpful. You know, it's always good to see someone play test the game and see how they crashed into things that obviously when you're playing, you think are obvious. And at the same time, appreciate things that might have gotten into your blind spot over time. So thanks for that. Um, well, I've got a roadmap in mind of big features I want to add. And usually when I'm sitting down, it's like, okay, what's the next big feature? And then after I spend a week or two on a big feature, I end up doing some playtesting. And because the game is big and complex, usually that spawns a whole week or two of, oh, but this needs to be balanced. Or wouldn't it be nice if this feature was here? Because the game is so large, it's really hard to come up with a big to-do list that I just sit down and take off. So it's a lot more dynamic than that. And it, from what I understand, you have an artist, right? You work with an artist, but it's mainly you doing the programming, right? The programming is all me, but I've gotten some help from uh, a great artist. Uh, you can see his work on on my social media and uh, website. And I'm also getting some help on the writing. 
by James Patton, who released a game this year called Spin Mortality. I don't know if you came across it. It's a it's a cyberpunk strategy game, and it's a lot of fun. Oh wow, yeah, that sounds up my alley. So I'll have to, <laughs> I'll definitely have to check that out. So basically, though, I mean. If we go back, because it, let's assume that someone who's listening to this doesn't know much about Star Dynasties. Can you explain the basic premise to me? Okay, so Star Dynasties is a procedural narrative strategy game. It's set in this future that's gone wrong. Uh, Earth has been destroyed. And uh, by the time that happened, humanity had managed to set up some ragtag colonies on maybe 100 uh, planets. And that's it. And uh, the destruction of Earth, it's led to this regression of society. And here we are a few hundred years later, and it's a feudal, it's a feudal society. And uh, the game is focused on the nobility of this society. You play as a leader of a faction of systems, which is kind of roughly analogous to being a king. And the game is focused on the stories of... Uh, personal drama and uh, politics between the leaders and the rulers of this feudal future. And in this feudal future, it seems like pretty much everything's on the table, right? Because in the few gameplay sessions I've had, I've seen some wild stuff. Just to pinpoint one of them, which I think was perfect to have highlighted on the video was that my mother and I were like in some weird love relationship. Um, but you know, it was it was just not even that, but it continued on into like, you know, me having feelings for my daughter-in-law and, you know, and, and that's just one little small aspect of all the drama that was occurring in my, my galaxy, my game. So, I mean, is it fair to say, because I feel like I know I don't want to take away from what you're doing because I feel like what you're doing is wholly unique. But what, the the description of having uh, I've seen and I've used of Crusader Kings two in space is that I mean that gets you in the right ballpark, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's completely fair that 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 people are gonna compare me to Crusader Kings two because it's uh, it's the only game out there that's similar. Uh, it's. Uh, what, I, what I'm doing with the game, I'm kind of trusting a lot in the idea of trying to simulate a realistic, uh, I, like a doll's house, a set of uh, like a bit like The Sims, but in a um, in like an empire management context. And because I'm simulating so many characters, and they've all got their personal agendas and their personal desires and reactions to things that go on, you get this emergent narrative from characters backstabbing each other or allying with each other and it's quite organic and natural yeah and i love that about it because like i said each time i've played the game i've had entirely different stories and and i can already tell that this like you said you've made it a very clear it's a narrative like a gameplay generator or a story generator and i see that every time i play it because you know i in one game i am allying with somebody who then ends up backstabbing me and then other times i'm setting up networks of my own family and other factions and other systems and i'm, I'm i feel like that's working to my advantage and, and sort of i'm sort of infiltrating from the inside because i've got all these family members that end up being a part of another clan that I, I really enjoy that about the game so tell me a little bit about where you are now what, what is like when you look at the overall gist of where you want to be where are you now in relation to that well I'm kind of at a, at a bit of a tipping point in that uh, the game has a, a pretty strong core. All the major systems like the opinion systems, the emotion systems, the morality system, and the core politics uh, and a few other systems, they're all built 
but it does need a few more features to flesh it out for it to be a complete experience. I'm not even talking about done because by its nature, the game idea will almost never be done. You can always add more um, more systems to kind of capture more aspects of, of reality. But it does need a few more systems to be at least a complete uh, experience. And uh, I'm at the stage where I'm kind of looking for some additional funding to help me do that. I'm, try, I'm either doing that, I'm trying to do that per, uh, privately, or I could kick off a Kickstarter uh, in the next couple of months. So I'm kind of at that place where I've got a strong core game. It needs another uh, six months of work to be to be this 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 complete uh, experience that I can say yes. Now the game is uh, uh, it's open to all. Come and enjoy yourselves. <laughs> so, what do you see yourself doing in those six months? What kind of things would you add? What kind of uh, things would you revisit? Well, there's a few core things that I've got in mind. Uh, chief of which is um, I want to add a a negotiation system that in my mind will work kind of similar to the way, uh, narratively speaking, to the way uh, uh, Alpha Centauri did, uh, Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri, where you kind of asked someone for something and they'd go, well, yes, or they'd go, well, I'm only going to give it to you if you give me this for it. And um, so it won't be as as a spreadsheet like as you get in a lot of forexes it will be a, it will be more it will be a bit more fluid a bit more uh, horse trading like oh i want uh, i'd like i'd like to offer you uh, i'd like your daughter's hand in marriage and someone could come back with uh, with any number of suggestions and you you'd build a trade more organically that way so that's one of the key things i i want to add uh, rather than simple yes or no refusals, which currently is how most requests in the game work. I want to add um, uh, some kind of overarching questline that would provide an alternative win condition rather than just uh, simply dominating the galaxy. Um, I'd like to add a, a trade system uh, between, between the various factions and the various rulers and I'd like to add a system of, uh, of feasts and gatherings because this is this is a game that's really ultimately about the personal stories that get generated. So this would be a, a, a situation where you know there, your your heir inherits, or there's a major wedding, or a major victory, or the conclusion of a major war, and then there's a feast, and you invite other leaders and rulers, and when the feast is going on, things can happen like. Um, uh, you know, like there's a an argument breaks out between the guests, or uh, there's there's a murder. Now, now, how did that happen? Or uh, an alliance is sparked up, but because you you're getting face to face time with someone that you didn't before. So it's uh, it's kind of emblematic of of the whole game, which is it's about those stories of uh, politics of politics between leaders and rulers at the same time overlaying the personal drama yeah i know i've joked around about this but if i had a million dollars to give you just to see this happen i would because i i feel like what you're saying to me sounds fantastic and i i i agree with you the foundation you have already is is very solid so i see i, I mean I, to to be honest with you i see a lot of talent in you and that you're capable of doing some things that 
I'm just surprised a solo developer can do. And for me to have as much fun with a with a an unfinished product really is just is is telling of what the final product could be. So I'm really excited to see what that would be. Um, tell me a little bit more about what you're explaining. You and I have spoken in the Discord, your don't Discord channel, about how you have plans to develop like basically like battle stories where you know once you've declared war or you're in some sort of battle uh, stories unfold as a result can you tell me more about those that's what i'm actually what i'm actually putting putting the finishing touches on at the moment so in the game the uh, combat is combat in star dynasties is not about the uh, tactical movement of units it's not about choosing oh i i've got this weapon type that does well against that shield type Always the focus is on uh, personal drama and politics. So what you care about in combat is who's going to help me? Are my vassals going to answer the call to actually uh, show up and show up when I need them to? Can I, can I get that ally to join me or, or is he going to betray me? And uh, then the next layer on that is that when combat starts, uh, things will happen. Like you could get betrayed by one of your uh, generals who leaks your battle plan to the enemy. Or you could find yourself in a position where you have to choose between uh, one of your one of your one of your allies, one of your maybe maybe it's even uh, like your son or your or your uh, nephew, and they've gotten into a tricky situation in the combat. Now, do you help them out and and potentially save their life? while jeopardizing the larger battle that's going on, or do you just let them roll the dice? So it's about adding those additional stories to combat that uh, then have a, of, uh, an impact on how the rest of your, of your, of your game will, will play out. You could suddenly find yourself in a position where you could, where you could backstab someone, or, and do you try to get away with it? And if you do... You, uh, you might uh, you know, it will have an impact on the battle, and it might uh, leave a secret in the game that a few years down the line could be revealed, and suddenly there are political repercussions of it. So you can see how these these combat events tie into the larger story. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of almost brainstormed or was sort of you know daydreaming myself about in in my video. If anyone has seen it, at the very end, I win a battle that was, I was, the odds were against me. Not severely, but they were definitely against me. And I had already set up a few of my family members inside the, that particular clan. What are they called? Are they called houses? Yeah, they're houses, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I remember I'd set up a few of my house uh, family members, my mother and my daughter-in-law or something, were inside that other house. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, you know, it'd be cool to see the story element come up that maybe they somehow sabotaged the other side because one of them was actually like a military advisor or something for the other side. So it would be cool for a story to evolve that, oh yeah, my mother-in-law actually, you know, sabotaged their plans at the last moment and I was able to overcome, you know, uh, you know, bad odds for myself. And I love that. I think that's great. And for me personally, I'm, I'm very, I, I, I like a, a more strategic look at combat. I don't, I don't necessarily like to get bogged down in the tactics. So I really do think that's awesome. Um, speaking of that, though, you were talking about 
you know, making sure that your vassals come and all that stuff. Is there any other way to have like the upper hand in combat? Will there be like a tech tree where you're you're researching weapons and other things, or are they all sort of say on the same level as far as that goes? I haven't yet really made up my mind whether the game's going to have a tech tree or not, because I, I know every game these days has a tech tree. It seems to creep into just about any game that's strategic in some way. And uh, it might be a nice thing to add, but it's not part of the core. Uh, it's not part of the core of the game. And one of my fears about a tech tree is that it's it's hard to keep the game kind of logically consistent without, while still having um, technology changes that don't upend everything. So, for example, it would be straightforward to have a set of technologies which give you a, a certain bonus to, to attack, and then there are technologies which give you a certain bonus to defense, and it's kind of a, a numbers race. I, I raise my number, you raise your number, and it kind of keeps going back and so forth, but it, it, it feels in this context to be a little bit of a distraction. And uh, technologies which would fundamentally do things like uh, disrupt the feudal nature of the universe well then that would detract from the stories that the game is designed uh, to tell which are these romantic stories about uh, um, you know the nobility and their and their uh, and how their daily struggles impact the fate of nations so it's a design problem that i haven't yet entirely played out in my mind yeah i can see the struggles sure i, I mean, especially if if the technologies were to be incremental and often, I could see how that would be a nightmare to program. I mean, in my mind, I thought maybe they would be, and I, it certainly is just spitballing, but I just thought maybe there could be very few technologies that would take a, in a very long time to research as you play your game that, you know, of course, would change your your you know your odds or something like that but nothing nothing so much so that you're changing like government types or anything like that because yeah you're right it would take away from the the core aspect of your gameplay but yeah I, that is certainly a, a conundrum to figure out I, i'm glad i'm not in your shoes um so going back to that and i you said something that that made me think of it are there going to be I, I've seen this. I know that you can start as like easy, intermediate, and hard. And hard being you're already a vassal, um, and medium you're already kind of like a, a moderate power, and then easy being that you're already somebody that's well established. Are there going to be superpowers within this this galaxy at any point? I haven't actually explored beyond like my initial map setting, my my initial reveal of the fog of war. So. I don't know how you go beyond that too, but are there superpowers within each of these games? Well, one of the one of the features I, I didn't mention when I was rattling off what I was planning to work on in the next few months is precisely a more robust uh, kind of game generation process. So in my mind, I do want the game to generate a world which has a mix of, uh, of different factions that are already out there, superpowers and, and small fry, uh, and your selection of difficulty would would reflect kind of how large you you initially start. One of the one of the one of the struggles I'm, I I'm having with that is um, the as I said, in some sense, I'm I'm building a game from the bottom up, a simulation from the bottom up, and then I'm seeing 
how it how it evolves and in many areas in some areas i run with it in some areas i kind of say oh no that's that's how i would like it to evolve and i find a way to do so but one of the interesting things is that um and this was true i guess in history as well is that you get a you get a faction or a power that's doing very well because um, you've got a mature house and you've got a king or queen who has years of experience and alliances that have been built, and then they die. And what happens is a big chunk of it comes crumbling down because suddenly the throne is taken by someone who has a lot less personal connections. They're, they're unskilled at, at the various uh, um, aspects of, of running a, a, a nation or uh, a state. And so it, there's this cyclical process where you get superpowers that rise and then fall and then rise. It's, so it's a lot more dynamic than, than uh, a fixed map that you'll explore at your own leisure. It, it'll, it'll ebb and flow as you're playing. Yeah, that sounds perfect. That was kind of what I was hoping that you would, you'd say. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So um, can you tell me a little bit about how one goes about exploring the rest of the map? Because... I mean, like I said, when you start the game, you have an idea of like a, a small portion of the galaxy. How does one go about learning more about the other houses and everything and, and finding out more about the map? Does, is there an exploration mechanic or do you just, you know, one by one meet new and new houses as you gain new connections and, and uncover more of the map? There is an exploration mechanic, but I, there's no, at this point, there's no obvious at least until I put in perhaps a, a, a trade system, there's no obvious mechanical advantage to exploring the galaxy. You can send out your members of your security team to explore uh, factions at the edge of known space. And as they do so, they'll uncover nearby systems and nearby factions. So you can gradually uh, build up a picture of all of humanity's uh, space. Right now, there's there's no obvious mechanical advantage to do so although it's extremely interesting to see the whole the, the whole living world rather than just the 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 initial uh kind of set that, that, that you have visibility on but when we start when i start adding trade you there'll, there'll obviously be advantages to that uh as well and did you have in mind that like maybe perhaps the farther you're traveling with certain goods the more valuable those are and maybe having goods that are only available in particular areas of the, the galaxy that, you know, are clearly more valuable in other areas of the galaxy, something like that? Yeah, more, more the latter idea. The, the, the standard, um, I guess, empire management trope that just because your trade route is further away, it's more um, kind of valuable. That's such that's that's such a high level abstraction. I mean, the only reason that's true in the real world is because you get goods that you don't get closer by. So that's what I would prefer to model a set of explicit goods. And, you know, you could get access to that close by or you could get access to that far away. And that's what counts. Yeah, that actually that makes much more sense, too. So can I come, let's go back just a moment, because I'm looking at your avatar as we're talking on Discord, and it reminded me of the art, art direction you have. Is that something that you and the artist came up with, like as, as something that you were sort of thinking about, or did the artist already have like his own style and it just sort of meshed well with what you had in mind? I, I specifically looked, out, looked for an artist that would uh, go for that kind of 
more painter, painterly style. So yes, you can see from the images, it's uh, there's a certain. It's meant to be realistic, but at the same time, there's a touch of, uh, I guess, fantasy about it because it's 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 a painting style. So it, it leave, it, you know, there's that tug on the imagination rather than a photo completely photorealistic one. Yeah, I think it's perfect. I, I mean, very. There's it's, for me, it's very infrequent that I look in an art direction and I think that it fits the game perfectly. And I have to say that the way, just everything, the the splash screens. The event screens, uh, even just the logo of all the stuff that he's done is is it feels perfect for the the type of game and the setting that you guys are 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 working for. So my hats off to whoever you've. Who is the artist and what is his name? His name is Stephen Locklear, and I can uh, um, send send you the link. You can put on the link. Yeah, that'd be great because I think he's done an excellent job with it. And I think anyone who's watched the videos come to me and said, wow, like the art direction on that game is awesome. So speaking of art direction and stuff like that, I know that right now your UI is sort of placeholder for the most part. I know that some of it's definitely what you're looking for, but um, can you tell me a little bit about what you plan on maybe making some adjustments or improvements with UI? Okay, well... The honest truth is that when I talk about the fact that the game needs a little bit more funding and a little bit more help, DUI is one of the things that I have in mind. It's, uh, despite, you know, it's rough edges kind of uh, don't, don't communicate the fact that a lot of effort has already gone into it to try to make it as intuitive as possible because the game is so dense. You know, you've got hundreds of characters. They're all reacting to everything that's going on. All that data needs to be shown somehow uh, and needs to be interacted with somehow. So at this point, it's a, it's, it's a challenge to see how we can take the uh, UI as it is and make it more digestible and more user-friendly. I mean, aesthetically, naturally, it, it, it could always be, be made nicer. But my, my primary concern is how can we communicate the information to, to the player more quickly? How can they pick up the game and uh, more rapidly than, than they do now understand their, their context? And one obvious thing that uh, I intend to add is uh, graphs instead of lists for when you want to take a look, for example, at your family tree. Right now, you just look at a list of family members. We want, I want to show that as a family tree. And similarly for uh, your rulers and leaders, so you can see your vassals uh, in a hierarchical fashion. So that's, that's one suggestion that we're going for. Yeah, I will say too that the UI you have in place now does work. It's very functional. And I mean, clearly there's some some gray areas where I was having a little difficulty only because it's new. And but I think that for what you have, you know, the, the, there was a lot of tooltips, a lot of mouse over tooltips that helped, and a lot of icons that helped me understand what was going on. So I do think that you're actually functionally in a pretty decent place. I I mean, of course, I'm I am a bit of a graphics whore. I definitely I like <laughs> I just I I unfortunately I've grown accustomed to the aesthetics of, you know, Amplitude Studios and stuff like that where, you know, and that's obviously setting the bar so high. And I, I clearly they're, you know, they're very good at what they do, but I, I, from what, for what I've seen, I, I would say, absolutely. You're right. The functional, the functionality of your UI is actually doing its job. I think it, it does display a lot of information and it does it very well. I would just like to see it perhaps more 
you know, aesthetically pleasing, <laughs> but no, no and absolutely. And I could see that happening with some money too. So, um, so again, tell me more about the, I've got so many questions that you ask, you say something and then I'm like, well, I need to ask questions about that. And then I forget. So <laughs> more curious about in general, just how you got here. So like, what is it that made you decide to, you know, make this procedural storyteller that, I mean, you said you have a lot of love for strategy games, but why star dynasties? Well, it, it's kind of evolved over time. So it's not like I sat down one day and said that this is precisely what it's going to be like. The, the original idea is many, many years ago, I think while playing an old version of Civ, and, you know, as a, as a, as a young man, I, I, I was thinking, well, this isn't very realistic, isn't it? It's a lot of fun, but in practice, uh, a, a king or emperor from an ancient civilization they would not have been thinking about, about uh, resource management and army movement, and that's what it would have been like. You know, most of their uh, worries would have been very personal. Uh, you know, uh, who's my ally? Who's going to betray me? You know, how many wars have been started over a uh, a quarrel, or you know, over a you know, over a woman, or over a, an insult? You know how many kings have been brought down because of an indiscretion rather than be, rather than through invasion or something of the sort. So if you if you're a fan of history, you realize that um, maybe not so much in the modern era, although that's still true to some extent. But the further back you go, the more the personal lives of the kings, queens, and rulers. Um, were center stage in the fate of the nations they led, so that's kind of always been the germ of the uh, the, the germ of the idea, and uh, and at some point uh, CK came out and and that was uh, uh, that was a very similar concept. Uh, after a while, oh, you know, I, I'd had a career, I had a career and had some savings and decided I wanted to do a games project, and I started to look at this seriously. And uh, decided to build a game that was uh, that is trying to model that complexity of history. I guess obviously history is absolutely mad. You you, you know if you read any any history book, it's always it's always more more uh, fascinating than than the drama that you, that you get in, in, in on Netflix, but. Um, uh, so, so that's really it. That, that's what I'm trying to do and trying to give it to you in a, in, in a game where, which will always generate a, a different story and a different context. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> History is completely insane. And it, it is cool to see like, or I mean, it's interesting to, to look back on some of the, the more, you know, wild stories that you couldn't make up, right? So like, I can't think of a specific example right now, but it, the wars have been started for, like such little indiscretions or, you know, so it, it is cool to see a game like that. And so I'm, I'm curious, you talk about the backstory at the beginning of this podcast about how basically humanity has spread over this like giant swath of the, I mean, giant in, in relative terms, but this swath of star systems across the universe. And, and through that, and I'm just curious, in this universe that you've created, they haven't met any other life forms at all? <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, that comes up quite frequently. I guess the uh, the problem with with aliens in this setting is that I can't think of a way to introduce aliens that wouldn't 
destroy the feudal nature of the game because a feudal society is a regressive society you know by any measure any civilization i mean there is a lot of sci-fi in which there's a feudal future which has survived despite huge advances of technology and those stories work they're fun to read but i kind of wanted to have a uh, a setting that was slightly harder sci-fi slightly more internally coherent and there's, it's hard to believe that an, a sufficiently advanced civilization wouldn't move past the feudal stage. So in Star Dynasties, this society is, is a feudal society because of essentially a cataclysm, a, a collapse that has destroyed a lot of, a lot of knowledge. It's, you know, it's left a kind of the skeleton of a civilization and people are just struggling to survive. Now, if you introduce an alien race into that with all their advanced technologies and presumably a much more advanced society, it's hard to see how, how the, uh, the core of the concept would remain intact. Now, it doesn't mean, that doesn't mean there won't be any alien element at all. Like There was a, a great suggestion um, that someone posted uh, in my Reddit months ago, and I, I still want to work it in somehow, of having an alien presence that's maybe a, bit, a little bit more like the terror in the dark or some kind of interference that never escalates to uh, a full-blown first contact kind of transfer of, of you know, meeting of minds and cultures. So that could be an option. Right. So maybe sometimes your trade routes are disrupted by an unknown force that yeah. you, yeah, something okay. like that. Yeah, that's cool. I, I actually think that's pretty cool. And I'd agree if you have a common enemy, it's easier for groups, especially humans, we tend to unite when there is a common enemy. So exactly. I would, I would imagine that feudal system would dissolve quickly and you'd just have one big empire. So yeah, that's my thinking. Yes. Yeah, I see that as being a huge issue too. So yeah, I was just curious. I, I realized that it would definitely kind of, you know, start to alter your gameplay. Um, maybe in an expansion, maybe you can figure out a way to like introduce an alien race that doesn't really, maybe doesn't, uh, doesn't directly threaten the humans. And so they don't feel the need to unite, but maybe they're just good trading partners. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be a little bit like the, the culture perhaps from Ian Banks where you've got the super advanced society that is just there on the background, not really interfering, but every now and then saying, oh, you can't do that, trusty, that's that's too bad. Yeah, I would love that. I mean, personally, I'd, but I, I, your, the core gameplay right now is amazing as it is, it is. So I don't want to start filling your head with anything. But yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is there anything else you wanted to say about Star Dynasties? Star Dynasties, I don't want to mispronounce it. But is there anything that you want to say about the game that we haven't covered yet? I, I know that there's a lot to this game, so I could probably talk to you for hours, especially when it's not on a podcast. But is there something else that you wanted to kind of to help uh, the, the audience understand or explain a little bit more so that um, they, they knew more about what Star Dynasty is going to be and what it is now? I think, I think I've probably repeated the, 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 the core concepts. Uh, uh, so I won't kind of bang on, bang on about it, but it's... Uh, it's about a, uh, a living simulation with, with, a, with a cast of characters that are modeled quite realistically. And it's about the drama that comes out of that. And uh, it's all on the background of an empire management uh, strategy game. And 
in hopefully in just a few months there's going to be some way to uh, get your hands on it directly whether that be through uh, an early access or a kickstarter and then uh, people can get their teeth into it for real that's that's great to hear so one more question that's self-serving because i have you and i was just curious when i was playing my own game Will there be the option to create your own character and just sort of throw them out there? Like if I wanted to create House Honaker and and make myself Rob the you know the glorified ex, the glorified leader of House Honaker, would would that be something that you plan on uh, adding at some point? Yes, absolutely. One of the things I want to uh, change in uh, the next few months is that you can define the starting character that you start out from. It's um, there's a it's kind of a double-edged thing because you can define your starting character, but then you know a few years will pass in the game and your character will 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 grow old and die and you you'll uh, your heir will inherit. So it's it, you re, you can customize your initial character, but then I'm not going to break uh, the fourth wall so consistently that you can keep customizing characters going uh, going forward. Uh, so that will be that will be the way it'll work. Yeah, no, that would make sense. I mean, if I could name my heir, that would be cool too. Because oh yes, I mean, that, definitely, yeah, yeah. all and that then, will need to go in. Yeah, so that I mean, I also think the idea of having a, a random start too, like the way it is now, just jumping in and finding out, like, oh, cool, I'm a female and I'm you know leader of a giant house. Which, that that's cool. It was a fun. It's a full fun role playing experience. So I do believe that even just having a random option too would be just as fantastic. Well, that's good to hear, Rob. Thanks. So, yeah, you know, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. And there's, again, there's so many questions I'd have, but unfortunately for me, it's early, so I'm not as articulate as I normally would be. But, you know, the like I said, I, and I want to reiterate this, and I've, I, I've done this very few times because I, I just haven't run into projects that I feel is blown away by as I do Dar- Star Dynasty. So I do want to pass on you know my congratulations in a way for getting this far because i know it's taken you a long long time i do want to say that my i have a lot of faith in your project i'm very excited to see where you go from here i'm even more excited to play the final product because i have a feeling it's going to be even better than it is now and i could play the the product that you have now for hours upon hours so thank you for being here and good luck to you in everything that you do and and hopefully we'll be in touch Thanks, Rob. It's it's really motivating for me to hear you uh, say say that, and uh, I'm going to be working really hard to make sure the game turns out exactly as you hope it does. So, thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure, and I know that I'm not the only one that shares that sentiment. Everybody that has seen the video and has come to me through Discord or through the site has been like, "Wow! Like, where did you find this thing? It's it looks awesome. It looks just like the game I've always wanted." So, it's going to be interesting to see how it progresses it's also interesting to see how it'll progress alongside alliance of the sacred sons considering you guys are doing something somewhat similar though i feel like your focus is much more on the the drama and and in somewhat of the empire management where i think his is more about the empire management and some of the drama yeah so- i i kind of in, in my head as a very very rough kind of indicator i kind of think of of alliance of the sacred sons as more like uh as more like what stellaris uh what, what was at some point going to be which is more like an eu4 in space yes absolutely. and i'm yeah. probably more like a ck2 in space 100 so that's how yeah. i'm kind of thinking of the difference 
Yeah, and that's exactly how I've actually explained it exactly that same way. So there is some character development within Alliance of the Sacred Sons, but certainly yes, there is. Star Dynasties feels like a much the, the focus is certainly there on the on the characters. And um, for me, for me personally, and I, I mean nothing against Steve, for me personally, Star Dynasties is more where I, where I, the kind of game I like. The focus is on features and gameplay that I like. So I, I'm going to be your biggest fan <laughs> if nobody else is. <laughs> so, thanks, Rob. <laughs> yeah. But it's yes, nice thanks, thanks again for joining me. Hopefully, again, we'll, we'll be in touch, uh, whether through other podcasts later on when you get closer to a Kickstarter or 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 maybe even Steam Early Access, Publisher Deal or something. Um, but yeah, it, it certainly will be in touch. And uh, thanks for taking the time out of your day to, to talk to me. Thank you very much, Rob. Have a good day. You too. And this was Rob for Explominate. Thank you again to Glenn for joining me. And until next time, see you guys later.